Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Iceberg Recap, your home for Pittsburgh Penguins game recaps and analysis. You can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcast from. Pittsburgh Penguins win this one at the end of the day, 6-5 to five over the Boston Bruins. Both teams threw it back to the 1980s for this one. Defense, optional. Goaltending, optional. And that one's a bit of a concern for the Pittsburgh Penguins this week because it seemed optional in the first period for them against the Washington Capitals on Tuesday as well. But nonetheless, goaltending, optional. Defense, optional. Offense and talent and top players scoring every other shift. At the end of the day, it worked for the Pittsburgh Penguins. They come away with a 6-5 to five victory. This is a game that Mike Sullivan is going to look at and be the most upset any head coach will ever be after a victory. Yes, it's probably nice to get the two points. It's necessary to get the two points. It is pivotal to get the two points against the Boston Bruins. It was huge for the Pittsburgh Penguins, but the defense broke down at important points of this game. The goaltending was very shoddy throughout from Alex Nedeljkovic, not to mention the fact that their starting netminder Tristan Jari was pulled on Tuesday's game against the Washington Capitals. Not a good sign considering how that was the biggest positive for the Pittsburgh Penguins coming out of the 2023 portion of this season. Certainly a lot of things that went wrong for the Pittsburgh Penguins, but what went right was Sidney Crosby, Drew O'Connor out of nowhere, the top line, Eric Carlson gets two points, Chris Letang adds on another three-point performance, and they come away with two points in Boston, which is a hard thing to do this season, last season, and for the Pittsburgh Penguins, basically the entire time Sidney Crosby has been in the NHL, which if you don't know, it's been a very long time. And as Christopher says, and we'll get to in our goal recap, even Ryan Graves scored. Takes the demotion to the third pair, scores a goal in his first game down there with Chad Ruweedle. It was a very, very interesting night for the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Boston Bruins. Let's get to the goal recap because it is going to be a long one. Two-parter on the graphics here today. Boston started the goal scoring early with Brad Marchand. He talked on Pat McAfee's show on ESPN today about the respect that he has for Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh Penguins, and then he goes out there and scores on him in the opening couple of minutes. He gets his 14th goal of the season. David Posternock picks up his 29th assist. He is just on fire this season, and Charlie McAvoy picks up a secondary on that one. Shortly after that, just about 13 minutes to go in the first period, Drew O'Connor strikes for his fifth goal of the season, a very similar goal to what Marshawn was able to score. Puck just popped out in front of the net, and Drew O'Connor was there to put the biscuit in the basket. Fifth goal of the season for O'Connor. Ties his career high. Assists go to Chris Letang and Lars Eller on that one. Again, shortly after that one, as we mentioned earlier in the show, Ryan Graves takes the demotion in stride, takes all of the flack that people have given him, including me. I wrote a long article about Ryan Graves' struggles. He goes out there. Not to say that he shoved it up my hoop because at the same time, we didn't care about his goal scoring. It's all about the defense for the Pittsburgh Penguins and Ryan Graves, but he does get a lucky bounce on that one, scores his second goal of the season. Sidney Crosby and Ricard Raquel pick up the assist there. Shortly after that one again, David Posternock makes it his 23rd of the season. Ties things up for the Boston Bruins. Lindholm and Geeky get the assist on that one. And shortly after that again, this time it's Jake Gensel on a beautiful stretch pass from Chris Letang. The telepathy with him and Sidney Crosby was in full effect on that play as Crosby beats out the icing call, gets the puck, 
show, throws it over to Jake Gensel, who's streaking down the side, and he was able to pot that one for his 18th goal of the season. Penguins back up on top 3-2. to two. Late in the first period, the Penguins were not done yet. Lars Eller scores his seventh goal of the season on an absolutely stunning pass from Drew O'Connor. He had probably the period of his lifetime in this first period tonight against the Boston Bruins. People forget, not everybody, because it was mentioned a couple times today, but Drew O'Connor made his NHL debut in that building. Something special about that building for Drew O'Connor, and he made a beautiful pass to put the Pittsburgh Penguins up 4-2. to two. His eighth assist on Eller's seventh goal, and Eric Carlson gets the secondary assist on that one, his 19th tally of the season. So let's move over to the second period, because that was just the opening frame. Second period, Jeff Carter scores just after a penalty expires on the Boston Bruins. Almost a power play goal for big Jeff Carter. He scores his fifth goal of the season, doing it in the front of the net where he does most of his work at this point. He's 39 years of age, and he's still scoring big goals for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Five goals on the year, three game-winning goals, and in every single game that he has scored a goal, the Pittsburgh Penguins have won this season. Is it a coincidence? Maybe. But I'm going to run with that until the wheels fall off. Fifth goal of the season for Jeff Carter. Chris Letang and Brian Russ pick up the assists on that one, just shy of being a power play goal. Then, Pittsburgh Penguins, they started to let the Boston Bruins back into this game. Morgan Geeky gets his seventh goal of the season. Assists go to David Posternock and Charlie McAvoy. And then just before the end of the period, a horrible goal to give up. From Alex Nedeljkovic, Brandon Carlo scores his third, a shot from the point. Seeing I shot, didn't seem like Alex Nedeljkovic was ready for it. I saw it was 94.6 miles an hour. It just blew right past him. He wasn't ready for it in the final minute of the second period. Morgan Geeky, Jake DeBrus collect the assist, and it was a 5-4 to four game. And at that point, you had to look at it and say, it's going to be questionable whether or not the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to be able to hold on to this one. Let's move over to the final frame, the third period, the score update of what we saw in that. And it was Brad Marchand shorthanded in a play that if you watched it, you said, oh no, this is not going to go well. This is not going to go well at all because Brad Marchand absolutely dances Chris Letang on shorthanded. Charlie Coyle picks up the assist, 15th goal of the season for Brad Marchand, who's had a pretty... I don't know. I'd say off season is the first year that he's the captain of the Boston Bruins, taking that responsibility in stride does have 15 goals on the season. So not a horrible year, but certainly not what he is used to. But a little bit later in the period, Penguins get back on the power play. Sidney Crosby puts it away for the Pittsburgh Penguins. 22nd goal of the year. Again, a little bit of puck luck, but sometimes that's what you're going to need to win some of these games, especially these games where it seems like every shot on goal was finding the back of the net. Crosby gets his 22nd of the year. Eric Carlson picks up his 20th assist on the year, a power play goal for the Pittsburgh Penguins, and a victory for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Huge two points for the Pens, and as, as we're seeing here in the comments section, live on YouTube at Inside the Penguins, Gavin says Carter goal equals game one. D-E-G-U-S. I'm not going to try to pronounce that. I don't know why. I, I don't know what it would be. I like that Carter scores and we win. It's great. I mean, Jeff Carter has been a good, solid fourth liner for the Pittsburgh Penguins this season, and that continued tonight. You saw what he was able to do on a couple of occasions, drawing the penalty that eventually led to the Sidney Crosby game-winning goal. Who would have thought we're sitting here 37 games into the season. We're saying Jeff Carter 
He certainly knows how to play his role, and he's playing it to a T right now for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Let's move over to the three stars of the game before we look a little bit into the comment section. Let me know what your three stars are. Let me know what your biggest takeaway is in the comment section here as we're going to stay live for another five, six minutes before we say goodnight because it is already 10-20 on the East Coast, and uh, somebody's got work tomorrow. That's me. Uh, David Posternock, third star of the game. Three points in this one. One goal, two assists, and really... He makes it look effortless. If I was going to give it to somebody from the Bruins, it's going to be him. It's going to be Marshawn because both of them were all over the Pittsburgh Penguins. They've been all over for the Boston Bruins this year, but especially David Posternock. He is the all-star selection for the Boston Bruins. That was announced before the game, and he scored three points, and you almost wouldn't have recognized it. Really, you wouldn't have recognized it because he makes it look so effortless. He makes it look so easy. He's got immense talent, and he was great again tonight for the Boston Bruins. Third star of this crazy 80s-style matchup between the Penguins and the Boston Bruins. Second star of the game, got to give it to Drew O'Connor, the New Jersey kid from Dartmouth, where he played up in New Hampshire. Meet in the middle, go to Boston, where he made his NHL debut and has his best game as an NHL player to date. Four seasons in the league, and this is now the season that he has a career high in points. Gets two points in this one to solidify that. He now has 13 points on the season. I get it. It's not as as big of a career high as some other players in the NHL, but at the same time, you know, that's big for Drew O'Connor, somebody that coming into the season the Penguins had high hopes for, high expectations for, and they needed him to step up. Kyle Dubas mentioned it on the GM show with Josh Getzoff yesterday on 105.9 The X. He said, we need these young guys to step up. Drew O'Connor's, Valtteri Pustinen's, they need these guys to be able to come in, step into the action, and play pivotal roles for the Pittsburgh Penguins this season, considering where they were at when it comes to their total age, the veterans that are in this lineup, and where how they were really handcuffed this offseason with the salary cap and what they were limited and able to do. They needed guys like Drew O'Connor to step up, and tonight is just another example of Drew O'Connor having the best season of his young career. I mean, he is... You know, teacher's pet to Mike Sullivan. Mike Sullivan absolutely loves Drew O'Connor for the way that he plays the game, the style that he has on the forecheck, the speed that he has, the size that he has, the ability to use that size and and lay the body, maybe not in a big highlight real way, but he separates puck from body. That's something that Chris Letang and the one bad play he made tonight could have done a little bit better of. Separate the puck from the body and you make the play. Drew O'Connor certainly gets that philosophy and he certainly had a tremendous night tonight. He stepped things up considerably since that Ottawa game. And it's funny because we recorded an episode with Jeff Taylor of Fly Penguins Fly, I think the day of or the day before that Ottawa Senators game. And I compared him to Teddy Bluger from last season. Well, since then, I talked about shoving it up my hoop earlier. Drew O'Connor has been absolutely phenomenal for the Pittsburgh Penguins since the game before Christmas. I know they lost that one to the Ottawa Senators, but he's been a man on a mission. He played a little bit on the second line in that stint. He's played now on the third line. Him, Lars Eller, and Valtteri Pustin and they might have something there, although I did clock the fact that Valtteri Pustinen didn't touch the ice after the Pittsburgh Penguins took the lead again at 6-5. to five. So something to monitor there as well. Pustinen's not getting a lot of ice time in the third periods anymore. First star of this game, who's it going to be? Who could it possibly be? The first star of this game, yeah, it's pretty obvious. It's going to be Sidney Crosby. Sidney Crosby is now, forever, and always has been the best player in franchise history, the most important player in franchise history. I get Mario Lemieux. I, you know what? I can't say that because I didn't watch Lemieux in his prime, 
So I'm just going to shut that down right now because I know a lot of people that watch Lemieux in his prime are going to come after me for that. I didn't watch him in his prime, so I can't say any of that. But what I will say is Sidney Crosby is absolutely ridiculous, and he's certainly going to add to his 2023-24 Hart Trophy nomination reel. You could just add in most of this game for Sidney Crosby, and that's going to get him enough votes to be at least in the top five. I mean, one goal, including the game-winning goal in this one, two assists, 72% on the faceoffs. He's Mr. Everything for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And see, I'm already getting people uh dima five says mario but still loves sid the kid that's fair that's fair negan says if, if lemieux didn't get sick imagine i mean sick the back injuries mario lemieux and Sidney crosby both because crosby had the neck injury in the early 2010s they both could be much further up the nhl's all-time scoring list than they are crosby obviously now far ahead of joe thornton with three more points on the score sheet tonight but i think what sid brings to the game that not a lot of people understand, or at least people are starting to understand now and haven't for a long time, as Kevin says, Sid for Hart. You know, it's the play that he made in the final minute of the game. It's the play like that that I look at that and I say, you know what, it's great that he's been performing the way that he's performing. It's great that he added three more points tonight. It's great that once again he is going to an All-Star game, his 10th All-Star selection as a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins. The play he made in the final minute, it's not going to show up on a score sheet. It's probably not going to show up on many highlight reels, but he beats out an icing call with 25 seconds left. And what does that do at 36 years of age? What does that do? Beating out an icing call with an empty net. It drains an extra 10 to 15 seconds on the clock where the Pittsburgh Penguins were on their heels. It was going to be very, very hard for them to hold on. They did by hook or by crook. As somebody else said, it's very high up in the, in the chat right now. They don't ask how they ask how many and Norvell says, it kills time. 10 to 15 seconds is what that killed. He went in with about 34 seconds to go. I believe it was either 34 or 24, and he came back out, and the next faceoff was with 11 seconds left on, on the clock. Not a shot on goal between then. Huge play from Sidney Crosby, and even more so, if you didn't listen, uh, Negan also says don't forget the big hit he did the other night that led to a goal, 100%. This guy is an all-around player. He's certainly getting better at the age of 37, which is a ridiculous thing to say. The one story I will mention, and this is a story that if you listened to the GM show yesterday, second time I'm referencing it here today, but Kyle Dubas talked about Sidney Crosby's passion, his want to, his desire to get back into the playoffs, to get back to the Stanley Cup, and just to carry this team and lead by example. He said he walked in on Boxing Day, December 26th, a mandatory off day at the NHL. So the Penguins were not allowed to have practice. They were not allowed to have formal team activities on December 26th. Dubas said that he's there. He hears somebody on the rink. It's just Sidney Crosby. Sidney Crosby opened up the rink for himself to go out there, get some extra work in on the day after Christmas. And that's what this guy is. He's hardworking, lunch pail guy, and he does it in the games, out of the games, at practice. He does it in the media availabilities. He does it all around. This is turning into the Sidney Crosby recap, but it really was a phenomenal game from him. It's been a phenomenal season for him, and it's it's really leading the Pittsburgh Penguins to a place that is more prominent than they would be without him. Obviously, without Sidney Crosby this season, they'd probably be in the basement of the NHL, not just the Eastern Conference. Instead, they are in a position right now where they're right next to the playoff spot, tied in points, but also below a couple teams due to tiebreakers, but also four points behind second place. I believe it's second place right now in the Metropolitan Division. Ridiculous season in the NHL. The Pittsburgh Penguins in a ridiculous game here against the Boston Bruins. And before I go, I do want to mention the dichotomy that you saw on the Pittsburgh Penguins power play. One for three on the night. 
first chance, they score right after the goal. It was a great power play. They feel It felt like they were building momentum. Second chance, shorthanded tying goal from Brad Marchand. Third chance, game-winning goal, Sidney Crosby. Crazy power play. Crazy all night long. It, it's one thing you know is when the Pittsburgh Penguins go on the power play, something crazy is about to happen. So Pens, they get a huge victory, 6-5. to five. Big bounce back after that loss to the Washington Capitals on Tuesday. I'm sure Mike Sullivan's probably not going to be happy about it. He's not going to like the amount of goals they gave up. He's not going to like the way they play defense, especially at certain portions late in the second period and also early in the third period. But at the same time, you get away with two points in Boston. You got to take it, run with it, and be very, very happy that you walked away unscathed with two clean points as well. Didn't even take it to overtime. Uh, Gavin Damstrom says, yep, DOC played great. Couldn't concur more. Uh, Christopher Hart says, yes, but Swayman gave up six. Neither team had outstanding goaltending, which you're correct. I said to multiple people uh, via text after the first period, I said, I have no faith in either of these goaltenders. It is going to be a long, long night for both of them. The red light is going to get a lot of workout after the first period. It calmed down a little bit, but still a lot of goals scored in this one. 11. Jeremy Swayman came in with the league-leading goals against average. The Penguins just got to him today. I mean, the defense wasn't great for the Boston Bruins. The defense wasn't great at points for the Pittsburgh Penguins. But both goaltenders, they looked like Swiss cheese. Christopher also said, I also actually texted my brother after Carter scored and told him it was in the bag now. Well, you predicted it perfectly. Uh, Negan says, I'm a diehard Pens fan, but this team is new to me other than the core. Have not watched since the back-to-back cups. Yep, a lot of turnover. I mean, most of the turnover for this particular team came a couple months ago. A lot of change instituted by Kyle Dubas, the president of Hockey Ops and the general manager. But yeah, not very many players on this team that still emanate from that 2016-2017 back-to-back cups. It's the core three. It's Marcus Pedersen wasn't even here. So it's the core three, Jake Gensel and Brian Rust. Am I missing anybody? I don't think. I think it's just those three. So, Negan, you're in for a wild ride. Wild ride. This team is high some days. It is low other days. It is a roller coaster as it was last year. Uh, but as of late, 8-2-1 and one in their last 11 games, pretty good stretch for the Pittsburgh Penguins. We're just going to take one more look through. Uh, a non-OT win is key for tiebreaker, says GTOTS, 100%. Sword says, and this is a big one, I was actually surprised by the POJ Carlson and Graves Ruedel pairings, not saying that they were great, but much better than I anticipated. It was not bad. It was not bad. It was a one-game sample size. You gave up five goals. I'd have to obviously look at the underlyings. POJ looked a little more under control. There were still times where him and Carlson, you could tell they're trying to get on the same wavelength, which is fair. Not only have they not played together, but POJ has played coming into tonight four of the previous 32 games. So he's got to get his feet back underneath him anyway. It wasn't horrible. And Ryan Graves didn't make any massive mistakes that were noticeable. So I'll concur with you, Sword287. I thought that they were okay. Jury's still out on if it's going to be better. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Iceberg Recap. Thank you to everybody that's tuning in right now live on our YouTube at Inside the Penguins. Might be doing a full game watch along next week. Got to stay tuned for that one. Keep an eye on the feed. We will obviously put that up well in advance so you can get your popcorn ready. You can watch the game along with me, and I'll probably bring some friends on from around Penguins Universe, and we'll see uh, which game it's going to be next week, but it will probably be one next week, and we'll see where we go from there. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Iceberg Recap. Big win for the Pittsburgh Penguins, 6-5, to five, and now they are off 
until Saturday night when they take on the Buffalo Sabres back at PPG Paints Arena. We'll see if they can make it two in a row and make it four of their last five. That's going to be it for this one. We'll see you guys next time.